Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line coming to you guys on the DraftKings network here. Happy New Year to everybody. Hope it's a happy and healthy New Year. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas at the Circa Resort and Casino. Michael Lombardi out in the great state of New Jersey. We had a fun first hour with our buddy Thomas Gable, sports book director over at the Borgata in Atlantic City. If you missed it, make sure you check out the Lombardi line in podcast form. Also check out the newest episode of the GM Shuffle, which just hit your podcast feed. Uh, earlier in the last hour we went ahead and recapped everything from week 17 so uh, subscribe rate and review if you don't already uh, but make sure you check that out there Michael and I's thoughts on the week 17 in the NFL we do have a fun second hour on deck though for you guys 30 minutes from now we're going to get Pritchard's points with VEASAN NFL analyst Mike Pritchard here former NFL receiver played nearly a decade in the league we'll see what Pritchard's hot on after what we saw in week 17 but Michael what were some of your big takeaways from what we saw yesterday and of course on Saturday as well in that Lions Cowboys game well, you know, I mean, uh, I, I thought that Buffalo, start with the Buffalo. I thought Buffalo was fortunate that the Patriots were very giving. I, I was ready to say, boy, Buffalo, I think they can compete against Baltimore. But then when you watch Baltimore just dominate teams like they have San Francisco and then Miami, two teams that we think are really good. I think Baltimore clearly made a statement to all of us that they're the, they're the best team in the AFC. Now, they're, they're beatable. It's going to be hard to beat them, but you could beat them. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like Philly's broken. It's obvious. We can see that. They can't hold leads. They can't really control the game with their defense. And they they have that Super Bowl hangover. We thought they had it. I kept saying during the year, the Eagles are a team that, that plays like a Super Bowl hangover for 50 minutes, and then they play like a champion for the last 10. Well, that's kind of given out, right? Mm-hmm. They, they really haven't played that, especially defensively, where in the last seven games, they've allowed 150 yards per rush per game in the game, in, in those games. So, you know, that, that was an obvious one. The, 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 really, the other one that I think that not a lot of people are talking about is how good Jordan Love was. I think Jordan Love told America last night in that game, you know, uh, that he's legitimately a starting quarterback in the National Football League and you can build a really good team around him. I thought he was really impressive in that game. His accuracy, his timing, he was facing every single blitz. I thought Matt LaFleur 
did a great job. And I think the one thing I learned watching the game last night is when the Packers have played an opponent, it helps them in their game planning. Like Joe Barry was better last night than he's ever been. I mean, seriously, they gave up three points. Yeah. Now, I know Minnesota has no offensive weapons, and one of the reasons I like them, I like the, the Packers yesterday was because without Hawkinson, the security blanket's gone. You can't get the ball to one receiver. Even though Addison played, he wasn't 100%. So I, I thought Green Bay was really good. I'd be surprised if Chicago is able to duplicate uh, what they did against Atlanta, because Atlanta was a no-show. We know Arthur Smith is probably not going to be back in the uh, Falcons next year. We'll learn that next Monday. But I thought Chicago had, a, you know, Fields played, I thought, one of his better games mm-hmm. when I watched that, especially in the weather. But the, the Falcons just don't have an answer at quarterback, and I thought they were horrible. So, I mean, the one thing about the weekend, it was we kind of have a sense of who are the dominant teams, San Francisco, Baltimore. Yep. Yeah. And those are the two teams that were able to clinch uh, home field advantage for the rest of the playoffs. San Francisco, the one seed in the NFC, Baltimore, the one seed in the AFC. And to your point on Jordan Love there, 24 of 33, 256 yards, three touchdowns. He had a QBR of 82.7, which is really good. And a passer rating of 125.3. Love was uh, in the biggest game of the year with the Packers fighting for their playoff lives. He played his best game. And now Green Bay is set up to home game against the Chicago Bears. If they win that, they're in the playoffs. They control their own destiny and uh what a matchup that might be if it's uh, the packers at the cowboys mccarthy against the green bay packers that'd be a fun storyline as well as, oh, as well man, as the, i'm gonna the tell you what that that, that the, uh, the cowboys don't want that the cow because look if reed's playing and they ever get christian watson back yeah these skill and aaron jones is healthy these skill players, I mean, this is a tough, and they can pass protect. I mean, what we saw last night from the Green Bay offensive line was really good pass protection, really good pass protection. And so because of that, you know, and Love played fast. Love was quick-minded. He made great decisions. This is kind of what I said all offseason about the Packers, that if they can just get decent quarterbacking play, you know, they had a chance to be a playoff team. And the fact is, I was counting on their defense to play better. I really was. Mm-hmm. But their defense has let me down. And, you know, going back and losing to Tommy DeVito, if they don't make the playoffs, if they lose this game and finish the season eight and nine, Tommy DeVito, they're going to hang that pitcher in the foyer of the, of the Packer building. It's like, we lost to him? Are you kidding me? Tommy Cutlets. <laughs> if he knocks you out of the playoffs, you know something's wrong there. And I mean, that would be a pretty bad. If LaFleur loses back to back games at home with winning in scenarios, like that's. That's not good. Like, I don't know what the hot seat temperature is like out there in Green Bay. I know, I, I'm sure from, from my guy Big Daddy, it's pretty hot. But for Mark Murphy and the crew, how hot the seat could be for, uh, for old Matt LaFleur. But uh, we'll get into that, of course, later on throughout the week. Packers, three-point favorites right now at home against the Chicago Bears for Week 18. Uh, let's talk some CFP, though, because we do have the two semifinal games that are coming up later on today. They'll start with the Rose Bowl, where Michigan is a two-point favorite against Alabama. Michigan, the number one team in the country. The total is sitting at 46 and this is one that we've kind of gone back and forth with a lot of people like Alabama here they're plus 110 on the money line Saban extra time to prepare the tide have been surging over the last half of the season here but uh is is Michigan just an unpopular favorite here or is is maybe Alabama the right side I think a lot of it goes back to the Maryland game right where Tua's brother was moving around and 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 Michigan really couldn't get control of the game defensively it was a closer game than we all expected And I think we haven't really seen the Michigan offense do anything in the passing game that would lend us to think that 
they have the ability to have a pro style. I mean, we know they can run the ball. They never threw a pass in the second half against Ohio State. But how good is their passing game, and can they create some problems for this Alabama defense? Now, look, Alabama's defense, for all that we talk about, right, and we sit here and we compliment them, and you remember, they're a, they're, they would be watching this tournament if it wasn't for a, a, a fourth down play that they made against Auburn. I mean, let's be clear here now. Yeah. So, you know, like I know we're, we're, we're going to praise Nick, and certainly he deserves it because he's a great coach. But, you know, they're fortunate. They're very fortunate. And, you know, we know that they weren't even the best defense in the Southeast Conference. I think, to me, this is going to come down to McCarthy really making plays in the passing game. Because when you watch Alabama's pass defense, they're 24th in the nation, right? You know, they only give up 188.7 yards per game. But they're not like they don't have those edge presence guys that you typically, they average 2.9 sacks a game. Uh, you know, so you can actually throw the football a little bit on them. And I think it's going to require J.J. McCarthy to have a really good day passing the football. You know, I think that's going to be the key. And I think Michigan's got to be able to handle the movement of Milrow and stop the second play, where early in the season, Milrow was never looking for the second play. He was just looking to run. Mm-hmm. I think they got to stop the second play because he will now look down the field and make plays. You know, you talked about how this is a big game for J.J. McCarthy here. This is one that he can make himself a lot of money if he plays well in this, like where the draft stock maybe goes up, the quote-unquote draft stock. That is, I guess, we never actually see it, but everybody talks about it. Like, like he could go ahead and, like, put his name as, like, a legitimate, like, NFL guy if he plays well in this game, right? No, no question. You know, because he's got skill now, you know, and, and I think that, you know, when you talk to the Michigan people, they really believe he is a pro quarterback, we have not really seen that yet when you watch them in the terms of their offense because they really haven't had to been asked to. They throw the football so damn – I mean, they run the ball so effectively. But the other thing I think leans people towards Alabama in this game is the Big Ten offenses, right? Mm-hmm. What offense in the Big Ten do you see that you say, wow, it's really good? Ohio State goes and plays – they go and play Missouri and they score three points. Now, I know they didn't have their starting quarterback in Marvin Harrison, but – you know, they scored three points. Like, you know, what offense in the Big Ten has the speed and the athleticism that comes with this Alabama offense? I, I, I can't find one. So how fast are they? This team gives up 9.46 points a game, Michigan, right? That's so, crazy. you know, they dominate in every single category. They're the number two pass defense in the nation. But have they seen a good passing game, right? Have they seen that? They're fourth in yards per play allowed. So I just think, to me, it's hard to handicap Michigan because you sit there and say, okay, they played Penn State. They dominated Penn State up front. They won that game, close game, 24-15. But they really didn't have to throw the ball in Penn State. Again, that was a run game. They're Penn State and then Ohio State. Now, the Maryland game was a trap game. It was in between. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that impacted it, but they did have trouble handling that. Yeah, I think that's one of the coolest aspects of like the college football. Like, well, used to be during the bowl games. Now it's kind of down to the CFP. But when you have these two teams that like they played two completely different schedules, and it's like, all right, how do they kind of match up against each other? And it's like it's hard to really project what's going to happen. You kind of have to see it first. But uh, I, I do like Michigan's strength of schedule. I think is definitely uh, under a lot of investigation after what we've seen from the Big Ten this yeah. season and during the bowl season as well. Uh, no shade to our guy Elliot's Mizzou Tigers. It's a good win. 
Elliott. We're not going to try to to water it down there saying Ohio State's not good, but hey, we, we all saw the game. Sugar Bowl, and we can talk more about this a little bit later on to close the show as well. Texas against Washington. A lot of people like the Huskies. It's down to three and a half totals at 62 and a half. Yeah, I, I mean, look, I, I, this is one of those for me. I think a part of this is we, we have tend to, I really think we have been too hard on Washington. And a lot of that is because they played a lot of these games late in the year where, you know, they barely beat Washington State. They barely beat Oregon State. You know, they had a tough game with Utah. And those three teams, we would say, are not great. But they beat Oregon twice. They Mm -hmm. beat Oregon twice. And I don't know if Michael Penix was healthy in the month of November. So, you know, and I think that their defensive front had a lot of injuries. Now, they got to stop the explosive plays of Texas because Texas is really explosive. But to me, I, I like Caden DeBoer and I like Michael Penix. Yep. In uh, the game that I think is going to go back and forth, give me the coach that I trust the most. And that coach is Kalen DeBoer. All right. On the other side, we have five 215 appointments. Step into my office coming up next here on the Lombardi Line. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking to bet smarter than VEASAN has the perfect holiday gift for you. Sign up on our holiday special today and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do from now through May 1st for only $79. It's going to give you the daily best bets, all the exclusive betting splits. How about the premium analysis and 24-7 video, plus all of our betting guides and best bets for all college bowl games, the Super Bowl, and March Madness. All you got to do is visit VEASAN.com slash subscribe to sign up on our holiday special now. That's VSIN.com slash subscribe. The appointments are lined up. You waiting for somebody in there? Got an appointment, and it's 
It's not about what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. It's not personal. It's strictly business. It's time you and me had a private talk where step into my office. It's step into my office with Michael Lombardi. Mr. Lombardi, we'll see you now. Oh, we absolutely love the imaging here. The great work that our crew puts together here. Michael, it's 2.15 Eastern, 11.15 Pacific means that uh, it's time for some appointments. And we'll start with the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, my man, Nick Sirianni. You know, I think what, what I see watching the tape of the Philadelphia Eagles, and if I'm Nick Sirianni and I'm you and I'm trying to help you, I think we got to start practicing. Our pad level's horrible. We don't get off blocks. We don't tackle very well. We missed so many tackles yesterday. Look, we are limited in terms of our personnel. I get that. But there are times where we have a chance to make a tackle when we can't tackle them. We don't play off blocks with any consistency. And our defensive personnel in terms of their fundamentals and techniques are eroding. So I think you got to get back to the basics. You got to play one or two fronts, let the defensive line in. You're going to have to get this defensive line to play at a higher level. I don't know what their conditioning level is, but it doesn't seem like they play with great intensity. That's how they you won games last year. Your defense has always been driven by the front. And when the front doesn't play well, that's not going to work. And then I think the other thing is, you went into a game yesterday where I thought for sure you were going to control the ball for 40 minutes, that you were going to be able to run the ball for 200 yards. And yet, when I looked at the stat sheet, that's exactly what the Arizona Cardinals did, and you did. And so you got to get better at situational. Look, there's no team in the league better than the Philadelphia Eagles on fourth or third and one. And if you can play less defense, that's going to help you. And the only way you're going to play less defense is to control the clock and run the ball and milk the clock. You're going to have to milk the clock because this defense is not going to get better over the next four weeks against any team you play. You couldn't win in Seattle. You couldn't beat a bad Arizona Cardinal team. You're certainly not going to beat a Ram team if they came into Philadelphia. You might be able to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers only because they're not an explosive offensive team. But to beat these upper echelon teams, you're going to have to have the ball for 40 minutes and only give it to them for 20. And that gets back to running the football, which is what you did last year. And unfortunately, this year, you haven't been able to. You've given up 150 yards rushing over the last seven games. You need to fix it. Yeah, the Eagles, they've lost four of their last five. After starting the year 10-1, and one, they're definitely limping into the playoffs and have opened the door for the Cowboys to steal the division. Speaking of the Cowboys, everybody watched the Lions-Cowboys game Saturday night, and we know officiating is a hot-button topic amongst NFL fans, but the biggest debacle happened at the end of the game with the two-point conversion, and Brad Allen, the head official, and his crew under scrutiny after that game, after the ineligible receiver went ahead and stole that victory from the Detroit Lions. So uh, Brad Allen is up. What does he need to hear? I think what you need to hear, Brad, is you made a mistake. Like, at some point, you guys that are officials that control the action of others, and you control, you control the careers of others as well. You made a horrible mistake. Your crew's bad, and you've made bad decisions. And for, in a world that we live in with instant replay and time, if we're going to take 20 seconds or a minute 20 to go look at a replay, why wouldn't we take time? to understand what happened in that situation. Why were we so quick to try to prove ourselves correct? There's visual evidence that we see Taylor Lewan go over to you and tell you he's the guy, right? Taylor Decker, I'm sorry. Yep. He goes over there and says, I'm the guy. And yet now you're trying to tell us that he didn't and there's a miscommunication. There's no miscommunication. You know, you just made a mistake and you cost them. You cost them the game. 
Now, they cost themselves the game, too. They have as much to blame as you do. But to me, I, I think at some point you got to admit you made a mistake. And this isn't because you have a hearing loss. This is a mistake that you made that you're trying to correct based on miscommunication, which is not true. We all see it. We all see it. We've got visual evidence. Yeah, it's funny how the visual evidence backs up what the Detroit Lions are saying. It doesn't back up with what Brad Allen is saying there. And ESPN's Adam Schefter reported that uh, the crew has been, quote, downgraded and a large part of Allen's crew is not going to be officiating in the postseason. Uh, they need to get rid of the large part and just say nobody from that crew is going to be in the postseason. All right. Yeah, I mean, come on. <laughs> you see Brad Allen show up at a game. I mean, you know, seriously, they, they try to put Brad, out, Brad Allen in you a game. You can't. They'll go berserk. I mean, they're going to go crazy if they see Brad Allen at a game, wouldn't you? The guy's like the Grim Reaper now. You don't, you don't want him showing up, <laughs> knocking on your door, saying, hello, <laughs> I'm doing this wild card game. Good luck. Um, the Chicago Bears, Michael, yesterday were eliminated from postseason contention, but they've been playing well as of late and have a lot of big decisions to make here in the offseason. So Kevin Warren, the president of the Chicago Bears, what does he need to hear ahead of a pivotal offseason for his franchise? I think the best thing Kevin Warren can do is sit back and listen. I would call, I would tell Kevin to call in Ryan Poles away from Matt Eberflus and ask him how this team is going to win next year and over the next four years and what's the plan for that? How do we visualize that? How do we see that occurring and what is it going to take to get there and what do you have planned for that? And then bring Eberflus in and then basically then ask both of them separately are we willing to pay justin fields the going rate for a quarterback if you both are willing to do that if that's what you want to do if that's what we're willing to do we're staking the franchise's future on that decision and listen for the answers and if you like what you hear go forward if you don't like what you hear then you're going to have to make some decisions and you're going to have to make some corrections. I think Eberflus has done a great job. There's no question. The defense has played much better. Fields has played better. The real question is, is Fields going to be on the team next year? The question is, are we willing to give Fields $45 million a year over five years? You got to answer that question. Bear fans are chanting for him to come back. They don't pay the 50 million. They don't pay the 45 million. They just want a good quarterback. And you're going to have to compare the quarterbacks out there. This is the chance. This is the finding moment of the Chicago Bears organization. It happens to a lot of teams. The Philadelphia 76ers had this moment. And they traded for Markel's Fultz. And they screwed up their franchise. What are you going to do? I think it's really important. Yeah, Chicago Bears securing the number one overall pick after the Panthers lost to the Jaguars yesterday. So the Bears are winning games, but they also get the top pick in the draft. All right, Mike McDaniel, head coach of the Miami Dolphins. His team took it on the chin yesterday. What does he need to hear? Well, look, I mean, Mike needs to hear really simply this. How are we going to get healthy? We got to get healthy to win. And where are we in terms of our health? And then I think what you got to try to do is you're going to have to try to control the ball. You got to run the football. And that's really what you do well right now. And I think to me, the other thing you're going to have to do is try to find a way to get some pass rush and find a way to take away the number one receiver of the other team. You may have to, you're going to have to move Ramsey around. They're going to have to do a bunch of different things. But in, at the end of the day, we don't have another corner. We do not have another corner. And that's a problem. 
And I think that problem is going to continue to show up. So Mike McDaniel, you're going to have to control with offense. I think people are onto our game right now. And I think it's going to be challenging for us to move the ball consistently offensively with the offensive line, without Waddle, and with a quarterback with a bad shoulder. We're going to have to rely on our running back. We're going to have to get healthy in the backfield. 2023 was a rocky season for the Denver Broncos. Started off poorly, then they got hot, and then they fizzled out uh, over the last few weeks here and have now been eliminated from postseason contention. Head coach Sean Payton was obviously in the headlines after they benched Russell Wilson earlier last week. What does he need to hear heading into the offseason? Look, you know, you're going to be stuck with Russell for the next two years, 85 million. What you need to do is find an economically friendly quarterback, not one that's 30 million, one like Stidham that's 10, and then build a team around him. I mean, once again, Garrett Bowles gets holding penalties, which kills your offense. At some point, you're going to have to fix this offensive line. You tried last year. I'm not sure it worked. Defensively, you just need to keep having good drafts. You're just going to need to build a team around you and figure you can manage the offense and manage the quarterback. Because for the next two years, you're in rebuild mold. You're not in chasing Super Bowl mold. And I think you have to accept that. You're going to have to have some really good drafts and get this personnel department fixed to where you want it so that you've got a lot of good young players like you started to have in New Orleans. It was a tough season for the Denver Broncos here, but I mean, they had some moments of brilliance and then moments uh, that were not so great here, but uh, they got the win on Sunday, even though it was pretty ugly. Stidham, what did you think of his performance real quick before we had to break? I thought it was just average. I think they didn't want anything. They didn't want him to lose the game. You know, and I think that they played a smart game. I don't think they tried to. I thought he started out sluggish and slow, but I thought for the most part he was, you know, he was average. He yeah. did exactly what Russell Wilson would have done. Yeah, it, it looked pretty similar to what we'd seen earlier this season. All right, that is Step Into My Office. On the other side, Pritch's points with VEASAN NFL analyst Mike Pritchard. He joins us here on New Year's Day as we discuss everything in the National Football League. We'll also get some CFP thoughts from Pritch as well. This is the Lombardi Line on the DraftKings Network. a Visa Pro subscriber today and get a daily email recapping all the best bets from our show hosts and guests. You also get the unlimited access to our VEASAN.com slash picks page. You can sort it by sport, matchup, event, date, and more. There's also a leaderboard that tracks everything so you can see which handicapper is feeling good and is hot with all the picks. All you got to do is sign up at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's $9.99. You get everything there at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi line. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas here on a happy New Year's Day for everybody. Hope it's a happy and healthy one. And joining us now, played nearly a decade in the National Football League, national champion with the Colorado Buffaloes, former first round pick to the Atlanta Falcons. Just the one and only Mike Pritchard here, our VEASAN NFL analyst. Pritch, happy New Year to you as well. Uh, good to see you and hopefully everything is going well. Let's start off, though, with this Buffalo Bills team. We've been talking about it, Michael and I, earlier on in the show, the Bills. They've won the past couple of weeks, but it hasn't looked good here. Uh, what's your perception on this Bills team who might be the two seed by the end of next weekend or could be out of the playoffs? Michael Femi, happy new year. Great to be with you guys. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating uh, because, you know, at the beginning of the year, I thought Buffalo was going to regress and, and they have. And uh, through the middle of the year, OK, maybe they're going to get hot. Could they make the playoffs? Uh, they were on the path to do that. And they still are. Um, but it doesn't look right. Right. I mean, I. There's a lot of things going on. Um, I, I'll coin it uh, Buffalo's last stand 
because one of the reasons why initially I was uh, suggesting that Buffalo would regress is because this is it. I mean, I, teams have Super Bowl windows. If you look at their roster and you look at where they are, yes, they have a franchise quarterback, a brilliant franchise quarterback, but they have a number of players, key players that are going to be free agents this year. Uh, and also they're a veteran team and also they're injured. Uh, so the roster is depleted uh, and you wonder, and, 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 you know, Michael, certainly you understand this better than anybody, the dynamic of these pending free agents, whether they're going to stick together uh, and understand that this could be it and we're going to be in other locations next year, or uh, is it one of those things where you start to think about your future and you start to think about where you're going to be next year? Uh, if it starts to fall apart, if adversity sits in. So I think the Buffalo Bills have been teetering on both of those elements uh, all year long. And uh, right now they're on a roll, but, you know, they go on a road. They got a big game ahead of them against Miami. As we know, uh, Josh Allen with the choke gene a little bit. Uh, it's a shaky proposition for me right now with Buffalo. Mike, when you watch Miami get routed by Baltimore, understand the injuries. I mean, how do you handicap them going into week 18? Yeah, that's a tough one, too. I mean, I think um, everybody catches up to Miami, and, and I think Miami knows that from a passing game standpoint. And, uh, you know, I, I think Vic Fangio was looking forward to having Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey and all these guys, Chubb, all, all these guys out there for his defense. But now he doesn't have that, right? They're banged up. Um, they're not playing and not executing the way that they should. Uh, and then offensively, they're not able to run the ball. Mostert uh, is messed up, too, a little bit, banged up a little bit, too. So it's like, can they find solutions? Can McDaniel find uh, solutions for their problems? And, and I don't know if the scheme can do that, right? I, I think they need to run the ball more. Uh, and certainly they're co comfortable and confident they'd be able to do that uh, and be successful that way. But then on the defensive side of the ball, are they going to be able to kind of uh, hold back Buffalo uh, and, and not allow Buffalo to go up and down the field with that passing attack? And, and right now it looks dicey. Uh, so it, it's a tough cap. Uh, all the way around. Uh, and that's why, you know, when I look at Buffalo in this situation, their last stand, I mean, this is one of those situations where, okay, let's go win a division, take care of business, get into the tournament. Because if we lose this game, uh, there's circumstances out there that could have us outside of the playoff. We're speaking with Mike Pritchard here, VEASAN NFL analyst, talking week 18 and going forward here, Pritch's points. Well, Pritch, I'm very curious in the whole rest versus rust dynamic as it pertains specifically to the Baltimore Ravens. They've been rolling as of late. You blow out the Niners, you blow out the Dolphins. Well, now you've clinched the number one seed as a player. Do you want to kind of keep things going, stay with the routine, or is this a good time to kind of rest up for the postseason ahead? Yeah, you know what? I think it's time to be smart, uh, Femi. Um, they are rolling, they are playing well, they're executing, uh, but they're also a physical, physical football team. I, I think the mindset will stay true and Harbaugh will create that mindset, get everybody ready to go. Uh, and, and then, you know, kind of understand the course of the game against Pittsburgh and say, look, okay, get those guys out of there, get certain guys out of there. I think, I think if you give the players the thought process that, Hey, we're going to arrest you, uh, then all of a sudden you could dial it down or, or the guys could, could dial it down themselves. Uh, I think you approach it each and every week like you have been. And certainly this week, uh, look, look, we got the mindset. We're going to get ready for this game. We're going to get prepared for this game. But at some point as coaches, we're going to control when we take these guys out. Because, yes, we do have the bye week. But mentally, we want these guys getting ready for a game each and every week to, to stay on top of it that way, right? Uh, you don't want them to dial it down mentally at all, uh, especially the way that they've kind of surged 
uh, to ascend to the top of the AFC right now. Mike, what's going to be your approach this week in handicapping the games? I mean, you, you got so many variables. You got so many yeah. things we can't predict. What approach are you going to take in terms of finding? I think it's going to be hard to find five, but let's say you find three that you really feel good about both sides playing the same level. Yeah, Michael, you know, I, I, I've kind of stayed in my lane um, down the stretch here and um, my lane is a teaser lane <laughs> mm. because I can find evenly matched teams and I can find what I perceive to be evenly matched games outside of turnovers and, and everything else that can happen. Uh, and then I'll look for some teaser situations with those. I, I, I think down the stretch, like you said, there's so many variables. There's so many things that, that have happened this year. Uh, it gets tough uh, really week in a week out to kind of understand the spread or, or, or have a particular side uh, with a spread. I don't play totals. Uh, I've already stated that. So staying in my lane with teasers has allowed me uh, to that bankroll. You know, I always talk about this, the lower left to the upper right. And as long as I'm on that trajectory with my bankroll, I'm okay with that. So, uh, you know, Chicago Green Bay is the game that kind of stands out. Uh, looking at that from a teaser standpoint, uh, you know, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, even uh, looking at that game uh, from, from a teaser standpoint. There, there's some games out there that are, are attractive uh, from a teaser standpoint, gain, gaining some possessions uh, and some advantages that way that have helped me out. Pritch, what's wrong with the Eagles? <laughs> They're tired. <laughs> mm. They are tired. Um I think the chiefs are tired. Uh, you know, it, 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 there's a reason why it's hard to repeat in the national football league. There, think about the toll that your body goes through. I mean, these guys just got ready for a super bowl in February uh, earlier last year, but now you go through the rigors of training camp, you know, the whole off season, the, the rigors of the regular season two, they just look tired. I mean, scheme can only go so far. And uh, I think it, it becomes, you know, you know, on the players, depending on the players to make plays and be consistent. And we can fault the coordinators for the Eagles, and, and I do. Uh, but at the same time, you, you got players out there that's just not putting it together or being consistent uh, and, and looking for answers themselves, right? I, they would love to run the ball, but they can't run the ball like they did last year. Um, they, they have explosive playmakers. And, but yet, sometimes when that's not there or there's some pressure on Hurts, then, you know, what is, what is he going to do, right? He's not the ultimate playmaker. He, he can make some plays. And then defensively, they've looked for answers all year long uh, by adding players, changing in players. And I, and I think they're just tired. I think fatigue is a factor uh, for the Eagles at this point. You know, I, I don't think we talk enough about the long season and how hard it is and the pressure that, you know, the, the, the rigors of, of that. I do think it, it plays a huge toll on your body. I think it's affected Cincinnati. I think it's definitely affected Philly and Kansas City. Looks like they're out of gas as well. Whether they can recoup it, they have the heart of a champion, but it's hard to recoup it when you don't go back. What's your thoughts on the games tonight, Mike? Do you like Alabama or you like Michigan? It seems to be the pros are on Michigan. Everybody else is on Alabama. Yeah, Michigan wants to beat you up, uh, right? Uh, and they can run the football. And, you know, I was on a team that won a national championship and we predominantly ran the football. Uh, and and nobody can stop us. I mean, that, that's your mentality. And I can see why the pros are on, on Michigan that way. But if you're Nick Saban, uh, if you're Alabama and you're like, okay, let's stop the run or neutralize the run and not let the run kill us and let not let them possess the football, maybe we can rev it up uh, offensively. So uh, I like the, I like the fact that mentally Alabama can get ready for that type of matchup. 
Uh, and therefore, I like the points uh, with Bama. Uh, you know, Washington, I watched them out here uh, play Oregon, uh, and they showed me another dimension, a new dimension of where they can get to physically. Uh, and Texas, everybody talks about that game against Alabama and how they beat Alabama on the road, but nobody really brings up the left-handed offense from uh, Gabriel uh, and OU that kind of took them apart uh, in that rivalry situation. So now they face another left-handed offense with Penix. And I wonder if they're going to be okay uh, this time around from a scheme standpoint to, to match up against Washington. I, I like the Huskies as well. So going with the Huskies, then also leaning toward the Michigan side here for uh, the national title game, potentially what we'll see coming up a little bit Alabama, later on next Alabama, week. Alabama. Alabama, sorry, Alabama. <laughs> Washington and Alabama. Washington and yeah, Alabama yes, yes. there. The, the, the two dogs, they'll, maybe they'll be barking on New Year's Day. All right, he is Mike Pritchard, VEASAN NFL analyst. Uh, check him out here all across the network. Pritch, we appreciate it as always. Happy New Year and uh, be well. Happy New Year. Happy Happy New Year, fellas. Take care. Awesome Thanks, stuff Mike. Pritch. All right, we'll give our final thoughts on the CFP semifinal finals to wrap up the show this is the lombardi at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico, now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abbafe on VSEN, the sports betting network. This week, new customers can bet $5 and pocket $150 in bonus bets instantly, and they will get the NBA League Pass for the rest of the season. I mean, that is an absolute steal. Download the app and use the promo code VSEN when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Lombardi line here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi. Thank you to the two guests that we had on the program today. Thomas Gable, Racing Sportsbook Director over at the Borgata, and then Mike Pritchard, our recent NFL analyst, joining us in the last segment. If you missed any of it, we encourage everyone to check out the Lombardi line in podcast form. But Michael, before we go any further, let's uh, give out our pro tip for the day. And this is one that you talked about earlier on in the show about how, like, hey, in week 18, you probably want to be betting on teams where you know there's not going to be a massive overhaul in the offseason, teams that will have a little bit of continuity going forward. 
Yeah, I, I think you got to be really careful. And I think you got to eliminate games that you just don't feel comfortable with, right? You got to, because you're trying to handicap something that you don't really know. And you've never, if you've never been in a locker room before and you don't understand the makings of a locker room or front office or a coach, like last year, everybody said, Lovey Smith has to lose the game. What did he do? He's a crazy guy. He, why would he do that? They ended up with CJ Stroud. That was that so bad? <laughs> Lovey was going to try to win that game. Mm-hmm. Lovey wasn't. Lovey wasn't losing that game. So, like we we take this NBA mentality and we put it into the NFL, and we think that teams are just going to lay down, and so we handicap games that way. And I think you got to be very careful not to assume this, and you've got to put that into your handicap, and then you got to ask yourself the mentality of the coach, Bill Belichick. Is he going to lay down against the New York Football Jets to get the second pick in the draft? I highly doubt that. I'll go on record as saying that's probably not going to be true. <laughs> right? Like, he's not, he don't lose to the Jets no matter what's the situation. Yeah. So I think you got to just really pay attention to that. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a good conversation because it was something that a lot of people were talking about yesterday when the Cardinals beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And like, oh, what are the Cardinals thinking? Why did they try to beat the Eagles? They should have secured the number two pick and all this stuff. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't work that way in football. It just does no. like and, and 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 if you're tanking for these guys, yeah, like 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 Trevor Lawrence, everybody wanted to tank for him. Look at like look what the Jacksonville Jaguars are at right now. Like, like is that the position mm-hmm. you want to be in? Like like I don't I don't understand. Like we don't know. There's no guarantee that any of these prospects are the next Elway or Andrew Luck or whatever. I mean, Mahomes went tenth overall in the draft. Yeah. Right. So like, are, are we sure we're getting the right player? I mean. Mitchell Trubisky went ahead of him. And if you go back through and read all the per- prognosticators, mm-hmm. had Trubisky is the best quarterback. Consensus, number so, one. So, like, <laughs> number completely number one. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think we have to, you know, we take this here, and it's the same thing that happens on the three points and the seven points. We take this NBA analytical mentality and we just put it into the football world when it's really not, it's not valid. Again, it's situation. What is the situation? Where are we? What are we doing? How are we playing it? Who are we playing? Analytics has to ask, who are we playing? And in terms of draft status, I mean, it, it is what it is. But we've seen the draft. We'll talk about it in, in April. Everybody makes mistakes, right? Yep. You know, Jalen Carter goes 10th overall. People pass on him. Who knew? Right. Michael Penix is supposed to go too. maybe he goes 12. Maybe he goes 14. I don't know. It's too early to say. And all the people that are saying now aren't accurate. We know this. Yep. It's like we do it every year. But for some reason, it's you got to tank to get this guy. It's all right. (laughs) Good luck with that. Um, Let's get to, though, the CFP as we have about six minutes left in the show here. Our final thoughts. Rose Bowl, Alabama, Michigan. Once again, the Wolverines, two point favorites, total 46. We had Pritch on. He likes Alabama. I lean Uh, that way as well here with the tide. Like I just I like Saban with extra time to prepare. And I think that this Alabama offense can give Michigan a different look than what they've seen this season here. Um, How do you see this playing out? What's your prediction for the game? Well, I lean towards Alabama, but I do think we're, we're kind of the problem with us with Michigan is we've just never seen how good they are on defense. We have all the numbers, right? Number one in this category, number one in that category, nine points per game. But what offense have they played that's elite, right? We haven't really seen that. And Ohio State kind of was making their way back into the game. Michigan obviously was too tough, but I think this is a game about 
mental and physical toughness. Alabama certainly has it. They're prepared for it. I think it's a game of adjustments too, right? I don't mm-hmm. think this game plan is going to carry out from the first quarter and then carry all the way through. I think how these both coaches adjust the game plan, how they fix it. We saw that with Alabama when they played Georgia. They adjusted their game plan and they were able to come through it. I'm leaning towards Alabama in the game, taking the two points. I think it'll be a great game. I think both quarterbacks are under the microscope. Milrose got to make plays with his feet. That second play has got to be critical for him. And I think McCarthy's the same thing. He's got to make plays. He's got to move the ball, and he's got to make plays with his arms, something that we haven't seen him do on a consistent basis over the last month. Now, maybe he's been hurt, and, and, that, and that certainly qualifies. Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I can't wait to see how these two teams play out. And maybe it's a good live betting game, like you mentioned. Like the first game plan is not going to be what carries over throughout the entire game. If you can anticipate and almost like f- f- trying to figure out what the coaches are going to do, might be a good live betting game as well. Important to note, Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director at the Borgata, he told us in hour number one that they took a $130,000 bet on Michigan. So they now need Alabama, which I'm sure at some sports books, I think the need, it might be Michigan, but over at the Borgata, they need the Crimson Tide to go ahead and come through. Uh, the Sugar Bowl tonight, this will be a fun game. I mean, I'm a Washington Husky fan, so maybe I'm a little bit biased, but Texas taking on Washington. The Texas Longhorns, three and a half point favorites, total 62 and a half. I kind of like the over. Like, I know some people have bet this to the under a little bit here, and I get it. Like, you know, all you need is one bad possession, and it kind of tends to go to the under. But I think both offenses will have a lot of success here. I do too. And I think Pritch made a great comment in the last block about how we've not, how good is Texas defensively? We saw them struggle against the spread of Kansas State. They got ahead of Kansas State. They came back. We saw Oklahoma do the same thing, right? I mean, Washington's got to eliminate the big play, they got to take away their, their skill. And But Washington likes a spread game. I mean, mm-hmm. Washington is very comfortable playing those kind of loose play games that we see in the Pac 12. And I think they'll be able to do that. I think their defense will be well-coached and and well-versed. I also think that their offense will be, too. And I I think that they're – I like the board's ability to game plan. I like that. I do think Sark's got a really good offensive uh, game. He's got, a, you know, skilled players that are all over the place that can make plays and be explosive. I kind of think this is going to be one of those games where neither team is going to have control until later in the game. Mm-hmm. And, and when you lay it out that way, I'm going to go with the coach that I trust more. And maybe it's biased from seeing the Sarkeesian Washington teams from way back when and all that. But Kalen DeBoer has been nails as a head coach, being able to press all the right buttons all season long. He is a, he might be a special coach here uh, for the Washington Huskies. Hopefully they can keep him for a long time. To me, this is Washington all the way. I, I, Michael, I'm not even going to mess around with the points. I'm just going to take the money line. I think oh, Washington- you're going to be an Eagle fan and just, I- mess to, just go right to the money line, huh? <laughs> I think Washington wins the game. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I, I'm pretty uh, strong in my conviction with this one here. I think the Washington I offense will do enough. I love so it. You're we're, just going to taking- go right to the money line. I love it. Who I needs love points? That. Yeah. Huskies outright. Uh, we do have the look-aheads, though, for the national title game. These are the four combinations of the national title games that we could get. Michigan against Texas, if that's the national title, which is the two favorites winning, that would be the Wolverines as a three-point favorite. The game would be played in Houston, by the way, Uh, but Michigan would be a three-point favorite. Alabama would be two and a half against Texas. Washington would be catching six against Bama, and then they would be catching six and a half against Michigan. I'm telling you, everyone's disrespecting the Huskies. I'm just just saying. How many times they got to prove people wrong? Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, look, I think that's the thing. Everybody, You know why I think it goes 2-2, Femi? I think a lot of people disrespect the Pac-12. Yep. 
right? Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people disrespect the Pac-12, and I think it's kind of unfair. I, I think they're a better – the Pac-12 was good this year. Look, you know, we saw, we saw you know, Arizona play Oklahoma. Now, Oklahoma was missing a bunch of their guys, but they did have their – you know, their, 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 they had some of their replacements back in there. Arizona mm-hmm. was able to win that game. I think the Pac-12 was good this year. And, you know, I just think to me this will be Washington is being undervalued because I do think, you know, I know Oregon started the Liberty game slowly, but I think Oregon's a really good team. And I think if you can beat Oregon twice, you can beat anybody. Yeah. Oregon, since that slow start, has uh, gone on to uh, to roll against Liberty. I think it's 31 to six at halftime, 30 to six. They've really been kind of getting it rolling there right now at the half. I believe. uh, Let's take a look here at the score. Yeah. 31 to six at halftime. So. Good, good for the Oregon Ducks. And that's the team that Washington has beat. I mean, they were a 10-point dog. I know the Huskies, like you said, they've been penalized for playing a lot of close games, but they also were banged up in like the month of November. I think now that they're a little bit healthier, more time for panics to get right, more time for that defense to get healthy as well, which we saw the more glimpses of them in the game against Oregon. I think Washington's the more complete team, and I think they have the better coaching staff. So who do you think wins the national title? I guess I mean, next Monday we'll find that out. But We'll find that out. We'll see. You know, I mean, I think Washington's a good team. I really do. Yeah, I like the Huskies a lot. Bow down to Washington, as they say. There we on, go. On Mont Lake. All right, that does Happy it for New us. Year. Happy New Year to you, Michael. Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you to our producer, Elliot Bowman, the entire crew behind the glass. We wish all of you guys the best of luck and the best of New Year here in 2024. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare live nation presents concert week now through may 14th get 25 dollars tickets to over 5,000 shows that's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.